0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mercatani with Matt Chat. Today's guest is the associate head coach from the University of Michigan, Sean Bormet. We joined this interview about five minutes in progress due to some technical difficulties. Thank you for listening. Um, tell me what it would mean for you guys to to win this duel versus Iowa. It feels like it'd be a, a, an important marker for your program.
1: Yeah, I mean it's always you know it's always a highlight to. Uh, to win a big ten you know a big ten duel of that magnitude with a you know great program like Iowa and especially away in their arena, it's always a great place to wrestle, fun environment, so you know it's definitely one of the um it's one of the duels we've had circled you know on our calendar,
0: yeah, and you guys have had some really really good meets this year, man, I looked at your schedule, you started out you know with a win over Arizona state, then it looked like you know we were doing the rankings, and a bunch of your guys really didn't wrestle up to par against Lehigh. Then you bounce back, and and take me through Cliff Keen Las Vegas. I mean, you guys took second out there. Guys like Pantaleo really, really stepped it up and wrestled well there, helped their seating a lot. Is that is that a meet that you guys kind of try to peak for as a part of your training process?
1: Yeah, the Las Vegas tournament's always you know it's always a big um, indicator for us in terms of just preparation for Big Tens and NCAAs because it's really the only true tournament simulation we get during the course of the year so we you know we spend a good chunk of the fall and kind of spend our first half of the season you know kind of peaking for that this year i'd say the field and the depth of that tournament was as good as it's ever been
0: yeah uh, just a tremendous tournament
1: so it gave us a really good you know indication of kind of you know where our guys are at how they're handling the two-day weigh-in format you know multiple day matches because uh, you really you don't really get another opportunity to see that throughout the year everything's you know, one dual meet on a Friday or one dual meet on a Sunday, you don't really see the back-to-back stuff because in recent years we haven't been doing a holiday tournament.
0: Right. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot when we do the rankings. I give a lot more weight to how guys perform in the Cliff Keen Las Vegas and in the Midlands and in the Southern Scuffle because of the exact reasons you said that, You know, and there is no way to – well, I shouldn't say no way, but no one in the country is simulating a three-day tournament. So, you know, I guess – I didn't even think I was going to ask this, but I think I am. Like, what – like, obviously, if you make weight the third day, you're an All-American. Are there anything – or what kind of things do you do with your guys sort of mentally or even physically to get them ready for that – you know, for a three-day tournament? Because it's unique. It's the only time of the year they do this. It might be – they only might do four of them in their whole career.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – I think, you know, we simulate some of that in our training. You know, we have different different training cycles, you know, and we start to incorporate some three-day training cycles just to kind of prepare them physically and mentally for that. Um, But in terms of a a true competition sense, um, you know, really simulating, it's the only thing you can do uh, in training. I mean – and to be honest, the the format of, like, a tournament like the, the you know, the Cliff Key and Las Vegas tournament, uh, that is actually, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult, very tough, demanding tournament because the rounds aren't spaced out the same way they are, like the Big Ten Championships or the NCAAs. I mean, those are actually spaced out more. Right. You know, you, get, you, you only get one match per round typically or maybe two if you're, you know, if you get a pigtail or if you're in wrestlebacks for some reason. You know, but Cliff Keen's not like that. I mean, you're getting you're getting a volume of matches each round. Um, there's very very short breaks between rounds, so um, you know it's a very it's a it's a very challenging tournament, but it's a great it's great preparation for our guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they obviously wrestled well at it. And you know, we used to keep saying the word Cliff Keen. I want to make sure people understand that that's those that's where they are housed. Is I think I talked to you about this this summer. They're within like five minutes of campus up there in Michigan, right?
1: yeah yeah Cliff Keynes you know it's always been right here in Ann Arbor, and um you know obviously great great wrestling company and great family that's had you know long standing ties to the University of Michigan and Michigan wrestling, so we're very you know very grateful and fortunate to have them here
0: yeah for sure, so you guys have a really interesting team this year. you've got some young kids in the lineup you know I, to me, I always forget that Misek and, and and Logan Master are so young, I mean, I guess, um, you know, just because they have so much experience. And then you have some seniors, you know, some of the seniors, that, I guess the senior that really sticks out to me is Adam Kuhn, and I saw you post a picture of you and him after a workout, and I didn't know if it was, you know, pushing metal or you getting on the mat together. It doesn't sound like either one of those would be real fun with that guy. Um, but I think I know which one would be more fun and less painful. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. The weight doesn't snap your neck. So, you know, for whatever that's that's worth, um, he seems like a super, just a super good human being. Can you kind of tell me what, what kind of leader he's been in your guys program and, um, you know, just what are some of the qualities that make Adam Kuhn special?
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's really been a leader in our program since the days he came through the door. I mean, he's just you know, it's everything you want in a student athlete. He's just, you know, tremendous work ethic, his approach to everything. He's got a great attitude, super positive. You know, he's very, very, very consistent with his his uh you know, his work ethic in terms of how he approaches his academics and his, his wrestling training I mean every aspect of it he's he kind of sets the bar I mean he's he's in his fifth year right now he graduated from the aerospace engineering program in four years wow he's in a, he's in a graduate program right now um in his fifth year he, he's got made a, he a 4.0 his his first semester in graduate school in the aerospace engineering program which is arguably one of the one of the top programs in the country here at the University of Michigan um you know so he's just and we, we you know we do some things with him you know schedule wise because the his schedule is his academic schedules uh it's a very heavy load and and um you know at times we have different training uh times for him and he's just you know he's just so fun and it's been you know every minute you know I value spending time with him because you only get these guys for a short window you know it's a short window that they actually compete in every year university so you know, spending, spending the time with Adam and and getting an opportunity to do a lot of individual work with him, has just been, you know, an absolute pleasure. Just one of those guys that that definitely leaves a a mark on your program.
0: Yeah. I remember watching him at junior duels. I think when he was a sophomore and I'm like, good Lord, whoever gets this guy is, I mean, this, this guy's about as dang good as it gets. He moves so well, he moves so well and continues to, but for a big kid, like a lot of those big kids, they, you know, kind of, they're growing into their hands and feet, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's, he was, you know, he was, I think, held back a little bit for about a year and a half with, with that shoulder injury and, you know, finally got that, that thing fixed. And now, you know, I feel like his his physical – strength and his upper body development is is vastly improved and i think that's a reflection of the the increased scoring and increased leg attacks you see this season he's really elevated his wrestling and his offense especially his leg attacks you know he's still extremely dangerous uh upper body um but he's really his leg attacks are really really starting to to come along and he's stringing things together so pretty excited about the way he's kind of elevated his wrestling this season
0: yeah, for sure, it, it it is interesting to watch. I mean, there's a couple of phrases that I hear all the time, and I, I kind of want to ask you about this because, I mean, I've I've known you for a long time. You're one of these guys, and I think maybe looks at the Rubik's cube a little bit differently than than the rest of us do. Um, I was going to use the phrase he's jumped levels, but when people people talk about that, and you know, you might show me and five other guys the same thing, and two of us jump levels and four of us don't. Or you might even use the same words, like, you know, the, the good cop, bad cop, all those things. Like, what do you think, because we have a lot of kids and a lot of coaches that listen to this, what do you think are some steps to really help guys to, to, I mean, obviously get better, but to make these sort of breakthrough these breakthroughs and really get to the next level or two in terms of their development?
1: I mean, I think really it's it's consistency and, you know, honing the areas you need to with a real purpose almost daily. And that's one thing Adam Kuhn does a tremendous job of. I mean, he's so consistent. He's so consistent in his effort, and he does things with a purpose. And it's not, you know, it's on the mat in his training and in the areas he's working on developing, you know, but it's in, his, it's in his recovery, it's in his sleep, it's in his nutrition. It's, you know, it's really across the board. Um, and that's really what it takes to 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 jump those kind of levels, especially you know at this level in division one
0: yeah I, and and you see that i mean and, and the, the Adam Kuhn thing is really interesting because he's wrestling in a weight class where i mean people are talking about the Hodge and you know we have a ton of great collegiate wrestlers you know in 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 college wrestling right now, but yeah i don 't know if Kyle Snyder's going to win the Hodge or not because he 's at the Uregan right now, and those kind of things, but i don 't think there's any doubt who the best American wrestler is who's still in college. so obviously you guys have uh, a steep hill to climb with him Wh- What is a guy like adam coon 's mindset going i 'm going against Kyle Snyder because I know he thinks he can win. How does he get himself to 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 think like that, and what kind of things is he doing? to make sure that happens. I mean I don't want the secret sauce obviously, Coach, but just you know, just, just yeah. mindset, you know, that sort of thing. Well
1: I could tell I mean Adam Adam loves a challenge. You know, and he, he, he couldn't be more excited for the opportunities he'll have this year to compete with Kyle. And uh, you know there's there it's definitely a an interesting weight class because there's there's more weight variance at heavyweight than there is in the first nine weight classes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure.
1: So the, 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 the range of body type and athleticism and mobility that you have to prepare for is, like, it's all over the board. You know, and, and Kyle and Adam, you know, are really, like, two, two opposite, you know, sized athletes for that weight class. You know, Kyle being on a little bit of the lighter side and Adam being, you know, on the heavier side. I mean, I've so some of my most memorable moments of this season so far off the mat are – Weight cutting conversations with Adam. Really? I mean, it is. Yeah, it is just. It is just hysterical <laughs> to to have these conversations <laughs> with him.
0: Tell me, tell <laughs> me one of those stories. Like, what was he like? Only eat one donut, or like, what, you know, what kind of conversations are you guys having about cutting weight? You know,
1: um, just just about. You know, like, oh, I I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna work a little a little extra here in this weight cutting workout, so I can. You know, I can eat a little more tonight, and then the next day I'll be. Well, I, you know, I think I'm gonna skip this meal, and maybe you know go a little lighter on the mat tonight and you know so it's just him you know kind of kind of talking out loud and using me as a sounding board because it's really the first time he's had to you know on a daily basis kind of focus on his weight and um it's just really funny to hear these conversations coming out of his mouth you know
0: (laughs) when's the last time he cut weight like a freshman or sophomore in high school
1: it was probably early in those the, the the early cadet, you know, his his UWW cadet years, like the year he was um, year he was world champion. Um, that's probably the last time he had a cut because he was he was down at that. I can't remember back then. It was probably like the 217 or 220 pound weight class. Um, so that's probably the last time he's really had a cut up until this year, you know. And um, you know he's got his body. He's really fit. Coming off that surgery, he was really big. You know, not 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 really out of shape, but he just he was he was you know he couldn't do a lot for about four or five months. So he's he really got kind of big, uh, and he was lifting his lower body a lot. So he's you know he's kind of streamlined throughout the season, and I think he's kind of sitting in a really perfect weight class right now. But he's you know he's got to watch it. He's got to watch it kind of daily. Um, but you know, so him and Kyle, I mean, it's. You know, I've I've spent time with Kyle, coached you know some some tours and junior worlds and stuff uh, that he was on. So I mean. He's he's just a tremendous uh, young man too. I think the world of Cal Snyder, you know. But for Adam, he's he's excited about it. I mean, you know, it's a great it's a great opportunity. There's going to be some great matchups. I mean, we we wrestle Ohio State here at home on on February 11th. I saw that. Yeah. And um, you know, and that's you know what a great matchup uh, for a dual meet at heavyweight, you know. And then you know they'll wrestle, you know, most likely Big Tens, NCA. So. You know, planning for that and Adam preparing for that. I mean, his mentality
0: is right where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's – it's just interesting. Like, I always tell the guys that I interview, you're normal. What seems normal to you is what most guys, you know, aspire to. Like, I think a bunch of us that have coached would love to just be sitting – Around after practice, talking to Adam Kuhn about weight cutting. I think that would be <laughs> really fun. And and you know, you you've coached you know you've coached some horses and you coach some Clydesdales in your day. And it's it's always fun to get to hang out with the horses and talk to them because they can do the stuff you're teaching them a lot better. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, he's 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 so fun uh, He's so fun to work with.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's. I don't want to go through your whole lineup, but let's just. I want to maybe just touch base on on one or two kids. One of the kids that. that Um, we we talked about jumping levels but one of the other things which is going to lead to a guy I want to ask you about is individual workouts and I'm friends with a lot of you guys and a lot of times I'm trying to get a hold of you like hey we're doing individuals right now we're doing individuals right now how much of individuals to me I would think they're in basically three categories but tell me if, if I'm wrong help guys to do the things they're doing well even better help them to fix deficiencies and then to help them with the non-physical side of the game, like the mental game, the weight cutting. I shouldn't say weight cutting is not physical, but the non-actual wrestling part of the game. Uh, am I right? And then, you know, how it's got to be really interesting structuring, like, you know, I don't know maybe how many other individual workouts you do, but that many different ones for every single guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you—you kind of hit it on the head. You, you know, the, the only other category I would put in there is probably like volume and intensity varies, you know, because in a dual meet, one guy may have a lighter weekend and one guy may have a really tough weekend. So, you know, you're kind of looking a little bit of volume and intensity throughout the week and and what that weekend's opponent might look like. Um, but they're super important. I think they're really important to elevating the individual success of of every one of the guys on your in your program. So we, you know. We don't do them every day, but we we do some. We definitely do some weekly, mm-hmm. and um, you know. And then it's also important to have some, you know, some team workouts and keep these guys together, where the you know the the environment and the energy is really high in the practice room together.
0: Right, but but the, I guess maybe you know I've always thought of individuals when I was coaching. Like, you know, if if so and so had a hard time getting out of legs, and somebody else had a hard time, you know, finishing their single leg series head outside, that's what you're working on. Like you're not. You, every, you're not like the whole team's going to work on finishing single. It's like, hey, Sean, we're going to work on this, and Joe, we're going to work on this, and Kellen, we're going to work on this third thing. I mean, and, they, and instead of doing that in the room, going around one by one, you guys are just carving things out. The intensity thing is is really the volume and intensity phrase you used. I'm going to create a scenario that isn't true, but let's just say Ohio State had a terrible 125 pounder, and obviously they don't. But you know, then that week that Adam Coon's getting ready to wrestle Snyder and Drew Matten might have in this hypothetical case, a lighter load. Would, would you put a little more volume and intensity on Matten since he's got a lighter load or is it the other way around where you're going to overload the guy that's got, got the tough match that weekend?
1: No, the, the guy that's got the lighter weekend, he would probably, he would probably train a little harder, uh, you know, towards the end of that week. He, he may not, he may not, you know, back off as much, you know, where, you know, a guy like, you know, Adam, if he had that, that, that really important very tough match coming up you, you know he might go a little lighter and and just uh make sure his, his body's like really as fresh as it could be for that for that match
0: Yeah I, I I thought that but I just wanted to make sure I understood it correctly yeah Yep Yeah so I mean it's kind of like hey if you're fresh we can kind of get you a little tired if we know you're going to be really tired let's keep you fresh for that right
1: Yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's you know, you're you're looking at all these different variables and you know you're you're honing in on know specific areas of concentration for each guy and you know repetition then you're looking at volume and intensity and then it's also it is a great opportunity to really you know kind of push the mental side of of all these different variables with that specific athlete
0: right right so um one of the things that you know we obviously i do the rankings for track and you're you know sorting through hundreds of results each week one of the results that I think was a surprise to a lot of us was drew Matten versus Ethan Lezak. And if I'm correct, he lost to him nine to nothing earlier in the year. Is that, do I have that right?
1: Yep. Yeah. About Las Vegas at the tournament.
0: Right. And had he pulled his red shirt then, or was he still actually wrestling unattached?
1: No, we had pulled his red shirt, uh, the week before. Right before Lehi. that. Right. Yep. Yeah.
0: At yeah. So you guys, that was nice. You kind of gave him an easy ease into it match with Darian Cruz. That was, that was awfully cool. You guys coach. That's
1: right. We he was ready to go.
0: Let's just get you, you know, just get you used to it. Here's, you know, no big deal. So, so speaking of adjustments, obviously you go from nine nothing to winning that match, and then on top of it, you guys did something pretty unique. You know, Andy Hamilton and I were talking about this yesterday. That you guys chose neutral, and we've seen people choose neutral in the in the sudden death in terms of. Uh, I shouldn't say sudden death. but Overtime, and you know, in terms of like situationally, like okay, um, you know, you reversed me and rode me out, so it's it's not gonna do any good to just get an escape. I need a takedown anyway, so I start on my feet. But I mean, was that did that take any courage, or is it just like, look, man, this guy's. We're not gonna let him be in his best. We're not gonna choose his best position.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was you know. That rule changed, you know, just this year is the first time you've been able to pick neutral in those tiebreakers. Um, so, I mean, it was great. It was a great situation, you know, to to utilize that new rule. And yeah, definitely. I mean, Matt, uh, Drew Matting had him on the ropes a little bit on his feet, like as that match was closing out, and you know, and you know, we we encourage these guys to be able to make the call. In the situation on their own, they're out there feeling the wrestling, and, and you know they know what's going through their mind foremost. So, you know, right. I think Drew Drew was Drew was really smart, and you know, and making that decision, you know, putting Lisek in a position where he's actually really good. I mean, if you don't have to go down on Lezak, you know, why do it?
0: Yeah, why well, strap on the backpack, right? So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's right. This is the first year. So when that's going on, because I just you know I watched clips of it, but I didn't see the whole match. Are you guys in the corner, like, I mean, I remember when I was coaching, I was, like, sitting there with my dad with 30 seconds left, like, man, if this happens, I think we got to go down, and if this happens, I think we defer. Like, are you guys going through that sort of mental arithmetic in a situation like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're in the corner, you know, as coaches, we're measuring all that stuff, and we're, you know, we're making eye contact with our guys out there, and they're looking over, and it's kind of a read because, you know, it's you're reading – what, you know you're trying to get a good read on what they're thinking and where they're at mentally, and then also in your head what you know probably should be the choice you know and a lot of times if you're doing it right and you're in sync uh you're thinking the same way you know um, right yeah, so that's kind of you know it's and it's all you know it's, this stuff's happening quickly <laughs> so right um, and that was a that was an exciting match overall I mean things were happening really quick and and the tail end of that match was you know there's a lot of action um <laughs> So, I mean, Drew Drew's a tremendous competitor. And, you know, I think he, he had a good approach in his own mind for how he was going to handle that match.
0: Well, it's, it's tangible improvement, right? Obviously, it's an 11-point improvement. And for your for that kid to have that and see that, it's it's obviously beneficial. It's, I, I think subconsciously it's got to be beneficial to other guys on your team. And it sort of ties into what we were talking about, I'm sure, in those individual workouts that week. You guys were going through scenarios, not only getting out on bottom, but not getting turned on bottom. And, hey, if we don't need to go on bottom, we may not. And it, it sounds like all that sort of, you know, uh, culminated there in you guys getting a big win, which obviously helps you with seeding in, in the Big Tons.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the recruiting class you have coming in this year. And they're all signs. So you can speak about these guys freely now, right, Coach?
1: I can speak about I can speak about um most of them we still have a few um we, you know they're all committed but we you know there's a difference sometimes we have a couple different avenues for kids uh come, coming to University of Michigan so I can speak about all the ones that have signed an n l i okay but some of the ones that have not uh, and aren't matriculated yet i can't I can't comment on
0: okay so I'm just going to talk about the overall depth of the class with guys like. You know, Will LeJuan, Joey Silva, Mason Paris. I mean, those are huge names. And you guys, you know, have been really recruiting well the last couple years, getting, you know, the Ben Freemans of the world, Logan Masses, the Drew Mattins, getting sick on the transfer. And I know, I mean, I think your perspective on recruiting is maybe a little bit different than I'd say 95% of the guys, and I'm, I'm just trying to be fair with that, that are recruiting because of your success and your program at overtime and you know really knowing really knowing that end of it you know the you know like what do these kids do every day who 's actually living a championship lifestyle um, of those three kids if you're whichever ones you're allowed to talk to about rather I, I know they 're really good at wrestling, and so I mean that 's sort of a given, but maybe what 's one or two things about each of those kids that really drew you to them and said as you went through the recruiting process like man we really got to get these kids like we feel like they can be difference makers in our program yeah I mean I I
1: think are those three specifically that you mentioned Silva Paris and Luan I think that you know two of the things that I think tie in and, and have me most excited about those guys is the fact they love to compete okay and just the kind of the blue-collar, hard-working upbringing they've had and the way they tie that approach to their wrestling, to their training, and the way they, you know, they kind of approach everything. Those two things are a great formula.
0: Yeah. And you got a guy like Silva who's – I mean, that guy feels like he – There is a, if he could go wrestle in the Oregon this weekend, it feels like he would. I mean, like he's just wrestling against everybody he can find – is is a guy that seeks out the best competition. Do you feel like that's another, uh, you know, another trademark of a champion?
1: Yeah, it it definitely is, and especially at this level. I mean, you you have to love to compete, and you gotta love to compete on the big stage. You know, if you're going to be in the Big Ten, you're going to be at the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's you gotta love, and you gotta you gotta kind of thrive on those moments and those opportunities. And you know, I feel like you know, the guys we have in this recruiting class and a couple of these recruiting classes we've had before that, we have quite a few of those guys. And that, you know, that's also a, a direct correlation of the success we're having right now. And, I, you know, I would say out of those guys, like Mason Paris, is a he's a tremendous football player. So that he really, like half the year, he is really immersed in that. Otherwise, I feel like he would have been competing in a lot of these other events in freestyle. I mean, that was the one thing that kind of, you know, kept him from a lot of those other events. But he's, a, I mean, I've I have, I've gone down and actually watch him play football. I mean, he is he's an intense competitor in everything he does. You know, and Will Lewan, he competed in everything he possibly could in this last year. I mean, I was, you know, obviously recruiting and watching him close. And, you know, he was like one of the only guys on that cadet world team that went and competed in Fargo. Yeah. Um, him and Aaron Brooks. Um, you know, because – you know, and he competed in in uh, both styles at the Thiela Cadet uh, Trials. I mean, he just he loves to compete. And Joey Silva is the same way. I mean, I I would I would say pound for pound, Joey Silva could have the toughest schedule, arguably in the last, definitely in the last year, possibly two years. I mean, he has competed against everyone and everything.
0: Right, and that's exactly what I was trying to say. You said it better than I did, but yeah, he's just. I mean, like I was saying, I mean, if he could have gone over to Russia, he would have done that. Like, the kid has no fear, it seems like. And, you know, it feels like he really believes in that theory, you know, you either win or you learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's, you know, it is, that's, those are the guys, you you know, you want to build, you know, your program around. I mean, because you have to love competing at this level. You have to love to prepare and train, but you, you know, when the, when the lights are on, you got to love competing.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those those situations have to excite you. They can't frighten you, or else you're never going to get get to where you need to go. So yeah, for sure. So I mean, I I remember us talking last year, and I think you were talking to me from the airport in North at Raleigh. You guys were about to duel North Carolina State, or you know something like that. It was that weekend of the national duels. So you know it was around the same time, and and you know you spoke about how if the team wrestled perfectly, you guys could podium as a team. You know, but really in the back of your mind, you knew that this was really going to be a big year for you guys. So, you know, right now we've had you ranked as high as three or four. I think we have you seventh now, but everybody's within like five or ten points in that mix. And it's kind of like who can maybe wrestle a little bit better than where they're ranked. And, you know, we have a couple guys of yours that are we have them ranked a little bit lower than some other people. Like, you know, a guy like Mesa can easily make the finals and, and pick up a ton of points. So. I mean, you guys work at this, obviously, 365 days of the year. You know, you're re- probably recruiting, you know, the next day after Nationals. With with this kind of team, and it's it's young, and I want to get into that, too, in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, you're young and good. To be able to get into the top three or four, you know, how significant is that in terms of helping with recruiting, um, you know, your position in the state of Michigan in terms of prestige and just really – just like, you know, where you can maybe sit back on Saturday night and actually relax for 15 minutes and, and feel good about things.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – obviously it's, you know, it's a marker that you're shooting for year in, year out. You know, I think this year we have the lineup and we have the the guys, you know, that can perform and get the job done. And, you know, and they're excited about it. They know it's a great opportunity. You know, we have a lot of work to do between now and then. Um, you know, and it's – It's exciting, you know, when you're and you have the opportunities like we have in the Big Ten Conference, where we're competing with the schedule we have, because you get you kind of get tested pretty frequently, which I think can really help prepare you for those moments. Um, But it's you know it's super important, and you know I'm excited about where our guys are at right now. We've had a couple guys at different weights that are really starting to get consistent and confident, and they're really stepping up. You know, we got four guys on our team right now that have a really high bonus point percentage in their wins which is super important to you know to getting on that podium as a team at the ncaa tournament i mean Absolutely. if you look at the, you look at the last five six years of the teams that were in that top those top four slots they're putting a lot of bonus points up there and that's like having an extra guy or two you know all american at the ncaa those bonus points so it's Super important, and right now, you know, we got, like, Micic is at, like, 85% bonus point win. You know, Mass is at 88%. is at 80%. Coons at 72%. So those guys, you know, they're they're winning a lot of matches, and they're winning a lot of matches on bonus points. And that's that's something we've been focusing on and working on the last couple of years, and, you know, that's going to be another important piece, uh, you know, come come March.
0: Yeah, and you're the first guy I've spoken to that literally – I mean, everybody says, look, we're trying to score as many points as possible. And it shouldn't surprise me that you're a guy that knows your actual, you know, these guys bonus points percentage and probably some of the other guys that you'd like to get those higher. I mean, but you're right. I mean, like, you know, we were talking on the podcast earlier this week that like, you know, the kids that like if you take a Rutherford and a Nolf and the nickel and add those guys bonus points, they're probably going to score more than a, than a whole nother champion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and even maybe just the first two, they're probably going to score almost 16 points. And that's the same as a guy that takes second, you know, with no bonus. I mean, you know, that was yeah. what Taylor and Ruth did for a long time. So are there specific like do you guys I know it may sound crazy, but like if do, are you guys doing drills like, hey, you're up six with a minute left and you got to either get a turn, you know, cut them loose, get a takedown on a stall call, cut them loose, take them down, cut them loose take down a ride out, or is it more just as things are going hard in practice, like getting in guys' ears, like we got to score more here now. You know, you're two points away and just kind of pushing guys through that mental block.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some technique and strategy to it, you know, but it's a big part of it is mentality, and that's really, you know, you're just trying to build the mentality and encourage the mentality. And it's, you know, I think it's been great for wrestling. I mean, that's obviously – what makes wrestling the most exciting. And those are the funnest matches to watch. And even when you get a close match, you know, that might be, you know, an eight to six match, but both guys are wrestling with the mentality that they're trying to score 20 points each. I mean, those are, those are the most exciting matches. And that's what fills our arenas. And, you know, so just really, you know, emphasizing the mentality, you know, and then you work on certain, you know, certain tactics over the course of a match, depending on how that match is going and, you know, working on combinations of, you know, takedowns to turns and opportunities to score extra points. So, you know, there's a lot of different variables, but it's definitely got to be a point of emphasis uh, if, if you want to have a championship team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I and I guess when you have four guys like that that are bonusing, I think all of them are over 70% from what you said. I mean, that's that's sort of good peer pressure. You know, like, hey, David, you got to, you know, come on, let's get some bonus points. You're falling behind the rest of these guys, right? Yeah, and it's fun. I mean,
1: these guys have fun with it. I mean, even, like, Two years ago, I know they've had, like, some of those, you know, this year there's been some highlights on those, you know, some of these different awards these teams are doing. And, you know, we started doing that two years ago. Um, We just kind of do it silently within our own room. But we've had, like, a, you know, a a hammer award for every dual meet where the guy who scores the most points um, wins it for that competition, whether it's a tournament or a dual meet. You know, and the guys are all talking about it and competing with each other, you know, to try to win that every week. I mean, it just – It it creates more fun, and it keeps them focused on the right things in wrestling and the right things for our sport.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Speaking of the right things for our sport, you had a statement, and it's weird. You know, I get to talk to guys like you every week, and there's always like one or two things that sticks out in my head from talking to you guys. And you spoke last year about the importance of of not – overstressing young guys physically that, and I don't want to misquote you, but I think it was something about, you know, joints and ligaments. They only have, you know, you can only have so much mileage on those things. And, you know, I work with Andy Hamilton. He writes the High School Insider for us. And he was talking about how, you know, high school numbers are down, you know, and it's a weird thing because, like, American wrestling may be as good as it's ever been at all levels when you look at what happened this summer – but the high school numbers are down. And from your perspective, what can be done, maybe even starting at the kids level to try to increase numbers and, and keep kids, you know, healthier and in the sport for a longer period of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, at the early stages, I mean, it's, it's a fine balance and, you know, you hear the word, you know, you hear the word fun being thrown around a lot, you know, these (laughs) days, you know, and that's, you know, that's an important element. I mean, it's, you gotta, they gotta, there's a lot of work and it's, it's a, it's, it's a difficult sport. I mean, and then when you start young and, you know, you're trying to develop as a young wrestler, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hard work. And the point of entry in our sport is tricky because, you know, you get kids that start really young and then you bring in a kid that may be starting a little later, like, you know, really later now it seems like 12 or 13 years old. And, you know, and, and kids like that may run into kids who've been wrestling five, six years already, and just get just get annihilated. And right. it's a tough it's a tough entry point for wrestlers, and and oftentimes it's a tough entry point for parents. <clears throat> so, you know, I think just you know maybe some tweaks in some tournament systems. I think just maybe talking a little more education through through parents to prepare them for what that entry point is going to be like, and and kind of what the, the the process looks like. You know, and then I think just you know, creating an environment with the youth clubs and the youth coaches where there's a a really good balance of skill development, mental development, and and enjoyment for the sport Um, as it comes to training and also performance. You know, I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of performance issues that come into play, too, where... People are just trying to rush the process too much, and I've I seen that in all the years I ran my club. I, I saw that at different points, and I saw it at different points because I was able to measure other clubs. And you know, I think just that 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 pressure that exists out there sometimes for parents or coaches to to kind of rush the process for some of those kids can can oftentimes be kind of a demise at the same time, you know. And last year when I was talking about injuries, one of the things I specifically saw and kind of tracked a little bit when I was running my club uh, back in Illinois was watching really good young kids who were, 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 you know, fairly young in that, you know, physical development stage between like, you know, 8 and 14 years old when they were really good and really tough. They would often be put with partners that were, you know, 15, 20, 30 pounds bigger and that's where I saw like a heavy toll a lot of those kids that took a toll on their body and surfaced a little later in their career you know because it's even though they were able to compete and wrestle and you know with 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 that kind of a partner it definitely took a toll on their body you know that 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 stress of handling that extra weight and getting their, their shoulders and arms extended and you know so yeah, I think just, you know, being really mindful of not, not feeling like you got to really rush the process when they're young, you know, especially if you have more long-term goals uh, in the sport is super important.
0: It's really well said. And it's, 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 it's like, you, you know, there's so many things. There's nothing you said in there that really isn't smart. But it's like, you know, when you start at 10, if I've, if I've been going since 7, you know, you're probably going to get thumped for a while and you know to how to keep kids involved in that and and like you know you said throwing around the word fun and I guess like you know really getting guys to understand that look it's it's okay if you lose right now like that's you know we're not training for just to win practice today Um, I I had a conversation with Kendall Cross excuse me and he said a statement I think it, it was obvious but how he said it really it struck a chord he said Progress and learning is not linear, you know, that you don't automatically get a little bit better than you did yesterday. Sometimes it feels like you got worse.
1: <laughs> right. I
0: mean I mean, I mean, I mean, I think that's a knowing laugh. Right. Like, I mean, as an athlete and as a coach and, as, you know, your guys like, like, God, how did you go home, go to bed and get worse than you were yesterday? Right. But it seems like that happens once in a while. And I think I think every adult remembers themselves better than they actually were and i think a lot of them put unrealistic expectations on kids and a lot of these kids just want to have fun and hang out with their friends and their other friends wrestle and so that's why they're doing it so yeah. it's it's interesting from that perspective
1: yeah yeah no it's Kevin made a great statement there because it's absolutely true
0: yeah yeah but it's i think the, the phrase linear like it, i mean i'm actually you know in my mind when he's saying that like you know picturing like a you know, like a bar chart, you know, like a, you know, a straight yeah. line. And, yeah. and then you realize that there's like, you know, the little elevator steps in there and sometimes it actually goes backwards and down and, you know, the, there is no straight line from here to there. You know, that there's a lot of bumps in the road. So, um, yeah, for sure. Now, I, I'm looking at your guys' lineup and I don't want to, you know, slight anybody who's coming in or anything else, but you guys are going to be awfully good next year too. I mean, you know, theoretically on paper you have Matten back, Miesch back, Joey Silva, Ben Freeman, Will Luan, and those two weights, then Pantaleo back, Massa back, Amin back, Jelani Embry, and Mason Paris. You guys are very, very intelligently, you know, building sustained excellence up there. So, I mean, I I know you're really focused on nothing, you know, but today and, and, and doing your best at Iowa tomorrow, and then it's all leading up to Cleveland, but... You know, when you get a chance to step back from the trees and look at the forest, you've got to be excited about the future of Michigan wrestling, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, recruiting's, you know, recruiting's just got to be so consistent and recruiting the right guys with, the you know, the right mentality. And, and it's it's got to be, you know, year in, year out. And, you know, I'm super excited about the guys we currently have in our program, the guys we have coming in. I mean, these are these are some, you know, just some tremendous student-athletes, we believe in them. They're confident. They love to compete. You know, it's, it is. It's it's really exciting to look, you know, to look uh, into the future with, with the guys we have. And, you no, know, and even with our even with our Cliff Keen Wrestling Club, I mean, even some of the guys that are going to start graduating and, and we'll start absorbing some of our own guys into that Cliff Keen Wrestling Club and, you know, and the environment you create in that wrestling room, I mean, it's just tremendous.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about the RTC. I know a mutual friend of ours, John Morrison, is up there. How are those guys doing, uh, you know, and, and, who's, who's training for what coming up, Sean? Oh, they're
1: doing great. You know, John, John has, you know, he's put a lot of time in to get himself back. You know, uh, he had a long layoff, so it took him a while to just really get his body and his mind and everything kind of like chiseled back where it needs to be. Um, him and Dave Havitt are actually, um, they're over in Austria right now training, uh, with, they're over there with Andy Rovat and they're doing some training, and then they're going to hit a tournament coming up. Um, Kellen Russell and Brian Murphy are back here preparing uh, for the New York AC tournament. Um, Brian Murphy's, you know, kind of back, healthy, back on the mat, so I'm pretty excited to see him uh, get an opportunity to compete again. I know he's pretty excited about some freestyle. Um, and Kellen Russell, you know, obviously, he had a great great performance with Dave Schultz. He was up, wrestling up a weight with these new, you know, these new weigh-in rules, Um, and he had a a really good Dave Schultz tournament. Uh, Unfortunately, over the break, he, you know, he he tweaked his ankle a little bit, which prevented him from from competing right now, but he's, you know, he's pretty much past that and back into his training, so, you know, excited for him to compete, and then, you know, we got a big, we have a big spring-summer plan for, you know, for our college team, Um, you know, you kind of analyze those things from year to year based on, you know, your age and kind of where they're at coming off the NCAAs, and you know what the dates of all these different you know, international and domestic events are. But we have a big um you know, we have a big freestyle season planned for for our a lot of our college guys uh this spring summer also, so it's it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. And you know please uh please give my best to J Mo. Happy to hear that he's uh getting back after it. And um one of your old another one of your old wrestlers, uh Matt Collum. Yep. Um, Matt, I have to be switching on now, Sean. You know that because I'm doing the rankings. I can't really root for anybody. But I'm going to be watching the Big Ten Network tomorrow, watching your guys, Matt. And I know I'm watching it with columns, So I'll be watching it with somebody who's 100% biased in your favor. Um, so... Um, you know, he, you know, he's still looking to snap guys down and put them in that front headlock. So. <laughs> yep. yep.
1: Well, that's great. You'll have, you'll have great company for that dual meet tomorrow night, Dave. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah and that's doing a great job. I've been following him and everything he's doing down there. And he's, he's really, I'm, I'm really happy to see his success and, and the way he's kind of approaching his own coaching career. Yeah. He's doing a great job.
0: He's grinding and those kids are getting better for sure. Absolutely. So, um, I really appreciate you taking the time with me today. I know it's, you know, right before Iowa, but it feels like this is the the, the story, the meat that everyone's going to be talking about this weekend. And if we can get it where, you know, you know, if, if you can get this win and then, you know, use that momentum to go into the big tens and nationals, it feels like the goals that you guys set at the beginning of the year, are right there in front of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's just a daily, daily approach. And, uh, We're traveling today. We're going to have a great workout tonight and be ready for battle tomorrow.
0: Well, best of luck, Sean. I always enjoy talking to you. Um, you know, and it's, it it always feels like we're just chatting, you know, and they let me turn the recorder on. I learn something every time I talk to you. I just, I want to wish you the best of luck and and thank you so much for the, the friendship you've given me and my family over the years.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you too, Dave. And, uh, look forward to seeing you around the mat soon.
0: Yeah. I'll see you up there in Cleveland for sure. Please give, uh, you know, please give a hello to Roger Massa for me. Uh, he wrestled for my dad 100 years ago, so we remember that guy from way back in the day. But, you know, tell him, tell him hello for us, and, and best of luck the rest of the way, Sean. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, from the University of Michigan, associate head coach, Sean Bormet, This was David Miracatani with Matt Chat. We'll speak to you all next week.